Dr. Roger Hodkinson, who is channeling the energy of the Founding Fathers, fighting for freedom up in Ottawa. But Dr. Hodkinson, you've been on here enough times now that I think people know who you are. So why don't we just jump right into it because we have a limited amount of time. What is going on right now? I see the tweets every day with you and Dr. Alexander, and it I fucking it gets me going. I love it. I get goosebumps. I start screaming about America. What's going on right now? And because, again, because I have you for a limited amount of time, I'm going to try to shut my mouth and let you take it away. This sleepy little place called Canada Ware is leading the world in the retake of democratic freedoms, tradition, culture, religion. We're leading the world because when you poke the Canadian bear, watch out. So what is going on right now? It's been around the beginning of this month is when I first interviewed the, the truckers from Ottawa. They're at the border. They were, going to, they were at the border. They were going to Ottawa, I believe. Yeah. And I know right now, I think Trudeau is bringing in for all future listeners today, Sunday, February 13th, 2022. I believe Trudeau is bringing in American uh, police services, which look more like paramilitary. Um, I know Canadian veterans are getting in, in between the police and the protesters. Is that what, what, where does this go? What can you tell me from being there? Because I can only see things through the lens of the media. What, what, what do you see with your own eyes there? It's going straight up. When I arrived here two weeks ago, I was amazed at the density of traffic, the horns that were honking, the children on the streets. We had to get out of our taxi 10 blocks away from our hotel, trundling our suitcases in the snow. Uh, the, the outpouring of patriotism is, is, is unheard of in Canada. The number of flags uh, exceed any Canada Day in history. There's a massive, massive support for what's going on here, not just in, in Ottawa, but across the entire country and growing around the world. We're seeing a convoy coming up from the States, one from Alaska. We're seeing farm tractors about to arrive in Ottawa from um, the Toronto area. Um, so it, it's unstoppable, Tommy. It's, it, they can do what they want, but it's like that kid's game of whack-a-mole. You bang one down and two more pop up. So this, this is something that we've actually already won. It's just that a certain person with fancy socks doesn't know it yet. The whole, the whole country is hermetically sealed, essentially. All border crossings, not just the one across that bridge between Detroit and, and Ontario. All border crossings, with the singular exception of that one, all border crossings are hermetically sealed. There is no traffic going north-south. We have a, a, a flotilla of boats in Halifax Harbour, and the native Indian uh, community, the indigenous community, have their own plans as yet um, not revealed. So this is unstoppable. Uh, clearly, the rest of the world is listening and following our example, and it's just wonderful to see. You must understand, of course, I'm sure many of your, your, your followers appreciate the domino effect that's going on internationally with countries all folding their mandates. And in, indeed, within Canada, where, where these sorts of things are run provincially, you know, we have uh, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and to a certain extent, Ontario, uh, rolling things back 
um, certainly the vaccine passports, that absurd concept. Um, the energy here is indescribable. The resolve is totally solid. These truckers are going nowhere. They are winning this game, not just for Canada, but they're leading the world in the retake of these freedoms. What are the, what is the, what would be the catalyst for them wrapping up and going home? Like what, what, what does the government have to do? And I don't mean that in terms of like, how does the government lay down force? I mean, what are the demands? Is it just, just roll back all mandates, roll back all passports requirements, and then just truly back to normal? Stop all the mandates. Stop the vaccination program. Total, complete, stop. Returning to a time that I call BC, which does not stand for British Columbia, stands for before COVID. We want a return to the time of before COVID, when we could hug our grandchildren, we could hold the hand of a dying parent, when our children got a normal education. That's the time that we wish to return to as the result of having won this battle. But it is simply a battle. Beyond this win will be a 20-year slog to retake institutions that have become totally infiltrated by wokeism. And that includes multinational corporations in the C-suites. It includes electronic media, politics, uh, and the like. So this is this is a one. It's going to be a wonderful win um, when it's acknowledged, <laughs> um, but it's it's the start of a slog, and people should be under no misunderstanding about this. The wokeism that's entrenched at every level of society, that's entrenched in the brains of judges, and and, and so on, they're not going to change overnight. No, that's going to be a major ongoing war yeah but to win the first battle is is obviously very significant yeah dr pam popper said that on this podcast last week that you know and there was a there's a great tweet i saw and it was um it was the the war is not over beating covid was just a battle but what that battle did do was wake a lot of people up to the fact that we're in a war and it is. I mean, the, as these as these governments around the world collude with corporations, the definition of fascism, and squash the public uprisings, which I do believe the left traditionally would champion, right? Workers of the world unite. It is it is a long term war, and it's a, it's a war to, if I can just put it, you know, in my in my French, it's a war to just leave us the fuck alone. It's, it's truly it. It's not. It's. I, I don't want to. I don't want to project my own desires on you. I don't want you to conform to me. Just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. And it's. COVID was the, uh, the catalyst for it, but it, it extends so much deeper than it is. It's wokeism. It's political correctness. It's, it's 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 governments uh, saying yes, queen, and st- uh, stunning and brave as cities burn in twenty twenty, and then. When a bunch of Canadians get together and hold hands in the street, they send in the Gestapo. Like it's it's it, we're in upside. We are in clown world, like honk honk. And there's more than one meaning there. But that's that is what it means. It's it's not just going back to November 2019. 
That's the beginning. Uh, I, I, I view COVID as a very fortunate experience. 100%. 100%. I, I'm not being callous when I say that. People did die. Sure. It's tragic. Every single death is tragic. Sure. I'm a physician. But we needed the, the, the point of the spear sticking at us. It's not good enough to simply ramble on about loss of freedoms and people's eyes glaze over and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So what? You yeah, know, what we, else? We're, yeah. we're living yeah. with it. But this is this has forced a major, major change in the way institutions are governed and the way politics operates. And some of it, some of it initially, the, the, some of the consequences of, of this uh, until we retake the center, so to speak, um, are going to be difficult to live with. In particular, given the clout of the regulatory bodies in medicine, threatening physicians with loss of income, loss of position, uh, claiming that we're spreading misinformation, etc., and denying patients information upon which they can make an informed consent. Because, of course, you can't make an informed consent if you've been intentionally denied information upon which to base it. Mm -hmm. So my, my concern for medicine is this. Um, your patients, our, our patients are, are not going to trust us anymore because we lied on a big one for two years with all kinds of horrible personal consequences. To see traditional ethics I'll first do no harm and inform consent, totally trashed by government, to the extent that I'm saying publicly now just to get people's attention. Government is now your doctor. Let that sink in for a minute. Government is now your doctor. That's not the way we wanted it to be, but it's the way governments have forced it. Physicians have been compliant, sadly. Way too many have complied without risking, without wanting to risk their, their income and their status, um, their positions. Um, that, will, that will rebound on, on medicine. You, you earn trust and reputation over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. You lose it like that. And that is tragic for medicine because medicine was supposed to be the, the ultimate source of truth and honesty and professionalism in society, not politicians, not the media, not lawyers. The church, perhaps, as well, I should include in that. But the church, of course, had been nowhere to be found. Occasional examples of brave pastors standing up mm -hmm. from evangelical churches but the, 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 the real problem with, with the, the church's position over the last two years is, is really this. The, if the churches, the, the traditional churches with the hierarchy, had collectively faced off against government, it would have been a, a no contest. Every time, every time the church squares off against government in a coordinated issue, the church always wins, hands down. The church was nowhere to be found. The major leaders of the church in just about all the major um, denominations 
They were hiding behind their pulpits, not representing their flock. So they are also culpable, so far as this mess is concerned, not just, not just physicians and the media and politicians, but the church in particular. It's tragic that they didn't stand up for their flock when they were needed. Instead, they went into hiding, very much like the Prime Minister of Canada initially went into hiding um, under his bed, probably. It's, you know, it's kind of like those, like, it's kind of like those sad, those sad experiences. I don't know if you've ever, like, uh, they gone to like a like a dog pound or something or a, a friend has like adopted a dog that was like abused and you go up and you kind of put your hand towards it in a back step. it's the saddest thing in the world but with you know with love and with a uh, very slow commitment you can the dog will slowly start to open up as it realizes you're, you're just there to be its buddy and it's the most beautiful flowering and it's it's not the dog's fault but it's so much you have to do so much work just to get it back to baseline, just get it back to zero, right? You adopt a puppy, start playing with it. It loves you immediately. It, it takes so much work to just get it back to be out of the red that I think that's one of the kind of bigger tragedies we're going to see is that it's the trust in the physician. It's the trust in the white coat doctor who the vast majority of which truly do have your best interests in mind. And it was squandered that trust was squandered for a generation, if not more, by by people who didn't build it up. It's been built up over decades, centuries. And, and when children start dying from this clot shot, mm-hmm. as I call it, when children start dying, I don't think we're prepared for the revulsion that will follow from society. It's quite unpredictable as to how things are actually going to end up uh, when that brutal reality sinks in. Because children, of course, um, are not dying of COVID. They never have unless they were terribly sick with something else. And there's, so there's no, there's no uh, need for this vaccination for children. And instead, they're being subjected to all the risks, serious risks, that most of which we haven't even quantified because this stuff came to market so quickly. Um, it wasn't possible to do the typical five to 10 year mm-hmm. clinical trial in order to identify the complications. Because as you might have heard me say, we do clinical trials essentially because we don't know what we don't know. We're looking for the unexpected, the unpredictable, otherwise we wouldn't do it. Um, so children are, are taking the brunt of this. Uh, they, the, the, of course, they've already been traumatized by having to wear masks in school with all the consequences that are now getting quantified in terms of the consequence of losing two years of education. It's had a significant measurable effect on IQ. Um, children have been denied appreciating nonverbal communication smiles, hugs, they'd be made suspicious of other adults. These are psychological traumas that will last them lifelong. But of course, it's not finished even at that. They're now going to have to pay off the national debt that's been 
massively increased for the rest of their lives. And that, that doesn't happen by magic. It means that the standard of living will drop for individuals. There will be reduced um, quality of education, of healthcare, uh, and so on. Um, so children have borne the brunt for two years, and it will extend indefinitely. We don't even know, for example, the effect on fertility of girls. We do know that rat ovaries were selectively attacked um, in animal studies um, that were not uh, investigated in terms of, of the, the impact on, on women and, and children. You see the, the gravity of this, Tony? Yeah. The stuff that we just don't know. It's not just what, what we're seeing now, the bears data and the incredible deaths. You know, uh, it, it's not just that. It's the huge unknown for the future. You know, the, the emergence of cancer that was previously under control, the possibility that we may be facing a tsunami of dementia and heart failure 20 years from now because of the random cell death, random death of cells in our brain and our heart, which can't regenerate. We do know that those deaths are taken, that, that those cells are dying. That represents the reserve for people that get older to, to fend off the onset of those diseases which are often terminal. But, then, but they may be accelerated by a decade or two. We just don't know. And, and so the seriousness of these potential long-term complications is, is, is really, it, it, it's, it's a ghastly thought. And by the time a lot of those complications become apparent over the next years and decades, most people responsible for this will be dead or towards the end of their lives. Yes, yes, that is so true. That is so true. And I think looking at the big picture again, um, in terms of where we're going with all of this, the significance of this upwelling of patriotism and, and support for democratic values. It is so critical that it succeeds, not just in this battle, but in the war. Because we are being observed. We're being watched, particularly, as I said before in your podcast, by China. Mm -hmm. China. We are at undeclared war with China. Oh, yeah. And they're looking, they looking at this as a test of our resolve. Mm -hmm. That's how critical it is, because th there are two curves that are crossing. One curve that's go is going, one curve is going down, and that's the demise of democracy, as you see in Europe, as we see currently in the States, as we certainly see in Canada and Australia. The demise of democracy is it's going down, and then there's another curve that's going up. And that's called the Chinese appetite for expansion and eventually world domination. Now, I'd like to think that we could control the curve going down, but I must say my, my hope is not that great. What we can be sure of is that the Chinese curve is going up and it will be at their calling the timing of when they take action to take advantage of our weakness. And we're getting weaker and they're getting stronger. And it contravenes 
you know, that principle of medieval warfare, you don't feed your enemy. We should be buying nothing from China. We should be putting a, an economic stranglehold around them to bring them to their knees, perhaps to foment internal dissent. But you don't feed your enemy, especially when they declared war on you, essentially, mm-hmm. um, by, their, by their public statements. So, without wishing to dwell too much on it, this could be called Magna Carta II. The barons at Runnymede didn't know if they were going to leave that meeting alive. They did, and they transformed history. Democracy started to then blossom. And, you know, we've we've won some insults and assaults on it from, from Russia and and, uh, and from Nazi Germany, we, we won those major conflicts in the preservation of democracy. But it's a very fragile thing. Mm-hmm. And if our resolve is, is as, a, as a, a citizenry, if our resolve across the West is not to defend those freedoms when government taken away from us, that's the slippery slope into a socialist dystopia that the Chinese are loving. Mm-hmm. They're thinking to themselves, you know, the Confucius Institutes and so on, all the other infiltrations that all, are taking place. All those things Biden reopened that Trump had shut down. We don't. We may not even need to fire a shot. They're killing themselves. We'll just walk in. Ep- episode but, 161 of this podcast, Brigadier General Robert Spaulding, his book Stealth War, about China's secret uh, uh, war on us. They're winning a war that we don't even know is being fought. It's yeah. a stealth attack. Yeah, it's a stealth it's brilliant. attack. It's yeah. You have to respect it. It's brilliant. But it's, and of course, Davos uh, and the great resetters are, are in lockstep with them. Um, the you know the general operating principle for the great resetters is is control. Yeah, which is not that different really from what's going on in China. But like you're saying with the the two curves. Despite all the evidence to the contrary, I am still optimistic because I, I'm i more optimistic than I was, I mean, a year ago. If you had gone back to our first episode, April of last year, we were talking about the same thing. We're talking about China, we're talking about the decline of the West and how it seemed like it was only plummeting further and faster. It took a, it, it has turned out, it, it is, it has turned out, although it's still shitty, it has become wildly better in a year in terms of people kind of finding their balls and realizing that there's nowhere else to defect to. This is the last stand and, and doing it peacefully, but doing it passionately and waking up to it. And it's a, you know, courage is contagious. All the other quotes, you know, cost nothing to be the second Patriot, but you're seeing more people, jump on it. You have people that push it forward, an Aaron Rodgers, a Joe Rogan, a Dr. Hodkinson, a Peter McCullough. But it's now accelerating. It's becoming easier to talk about it. The numbers are growing. And so like when you charge an enemy strong point with 10,000 other soldiers, you're less likely to die. So you're more willing to go. I am confident that we will rise to the occasion. I, I I really am. Providing you have a leader that is prepared to put his standard in the ground and declare his support for all of those. One of my biggest concerns about democracy is that if Trump Trump does not win in 24, 
and the Democrats get in for reasons that I'll explain in a minute. It's a terrible time for the world. Sure. Because you you are the bastion of freedom. And here here is my deep, deep concern. And I do hope that um, the past president of the United States is listening to your podcast secretly <laughs> when he's not he's not tweeting. He's commenting. Um, he's commenting from Mar a Lago. Great podcast, Hodkinson. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Trump, this is a message for you. And I do want you to focus on what I'm saying. It sounds impudent of me, but I'm going to say it anyway. You lost the last election because of COVID. The Democrats maliciously manipulated absentee ballots under the guise of it being unsafe to vote in person. And that opened the floodgates for all the manipulation of the ballots that we're all so well aware of. If you're not very careful, you will lose the next election because the Democrats are going to lay at your feet all the terrible consequences of the reaction to COVID, the mandates and the horror of children dying from the vaccination. I would say to you, Mr. Trump, it's a huge mistake to show bravado here to demonstrate to the world that you are getting your booster shot. Because what you should be doing, in my humble opinion, is to put your standard on the ground now and fire euphemistically Fauci on air, directly aiming at him as the cause for everything that happened. You were duped, Mr. Trump. You were lied to by Fauci. He wanted glory, and you were seen as the mechanism for him achieving it. So I'm, I'm pleading with you, for the sake of the democratic, for the, for, for the sake of democracy globally, not just in the states, to put your standard in the ground and say, with great gravitas and contriteness, I was wrong. I'm deeply apologetic for the terrible consequences of what happened. It was all due to this man over here that fed me lies during my entire presidency. If he did that, in my opinion, his popularity would soar. Contractness in, in politics is unheard of. If he doesn't do that, when the likes of Alex Berenson and and co write the definitive autopsy of this last two years, it would be absolutely devastating. In lay language, thin booklet, making people aware of how they've been duped and lied to with huge personal consequences, whether physical, psychological, or financial. That is a very worrying prospect. Thank you, Mr. Trump. I do hope you'll consider what I said. I think that as important it is for him to get in, I'm also I'm also more of the mindset that that nobody's coming. And I think that's a good thing. You know, no one no one's gonna I can't bank on a retweet from Joe Rogan to get my podcast off the ground. It, you gotta go, no one's coming. 
pick up the phone and start calling guests, put out better episodes, get a better camera. And if something comes along and it does, and I do get like a Rogan retweet, hey, hell yeah. So as much as I, I do think that Trump will put up a fight, I'm not going to I'm not going to bank on him. And I agree with everything you just said, full disclosure, as you and I uh, are are 100 percent in alignment with each other. I'm not going to I'm not going to bank on a savior. I'm going to bank on doing what I can do. I'm going to run myself exhausted doing 15 podcasts every five days with doctors talking about COVID, doing impromptu podcasts, doing everything I can to get the message out there to document the data and to document really I view a lot of these doctors I interview I view them as testimonies that I mean they're on Zoom they haven't they have a a day month year hour minute second clock on the bottom I, there's the timestamp is there uh I'm I'm distributing them to multiple the point is I look at someone like a Joe Kent former Green Beret who's running for Congress out of Washington state Mike Collins, second-generation trucker, who's running for Congress out of Georgia. Mike Durant, everyone knows Black Hawk Down, the movie, running for Senate out of uh, out of Alabama. Uh, I believe Brian Tyson, Dr. Freed's uh, 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 medical partner, is now running for, I think he just announced he's running for Senate. Um, there are so many people who are who have been endorsed by Trump and who are standing up and they're they're sharpening the claws and and they're going in for the kill mm-hmm. as great and as helpful again like a like a Joe Rogan retweet as great and as helpful as a Trump win would be in 2024 my i keep the mindset that no one's coming no one's coming to save us so what can we do and mm-hmm. how can we do it to the best of our abilities well you know history is replete with um, yeah you need a leader i get it People that bubble up at the last minute to be the savior. Sure. You know, Flickson is obviously the classic example, but there are, but there are others. And perhaps you're right, uh, I mean, That's a reason for hope because those events have happened historically. And um, let's just hope that, you know, someone does emerge with that, those leadership skills at a time of great crisis for democracy. And becomes the standard bearer for Magna Carta Two. Magna Carta Two. Yes, we can retake our freedoms, but we need a leader commensurate sure. with, with the scale of the problem. Sure. I mean, I would I would point to Joe Kent. Uh, if Joe Kent gets into Congress, I think it's a matter of years before he runs for president. The dude looks like a mixture of JFK and a GI Joe. It's insane. Like it's it's, it's but. I do, you know, one thing I always think of is a guy I've had on here a million times, Dale Comstock, youngest ever member of Delta Force, worked with the CIA, I mean, real life, like James Bond shit. And he talks about how, you know, they would go on like black operations in the Middle East to the point where it's like, it's just him and he's training local Afghanis. And he would always say that he would never cease to be surprised that these guys who, you know, teeth are falling out. They've never seen running water in their lives. They're wearing flip-flops. They don't know how to hold a gun. When the bullets start flying, most of them shit their pants. But he goes, like clockwork, there's always a percentage that just 
something deep in the brain flips and they become leaders. They start barking out orders. They start becoming selfless. Again, he's like, it's comical. You have guys in flip-flops who don't know that New York City exists, but they, there's something in the mind. They just, they turn into leaders. They, they grow balls and they just become men in a moment. Now, that is not at all what we're doing. I don't mean to put our, compare ourselves to those guys, but to me, the analogy, it, it, it works. You, you used a word there that I'll, I'll, um, I'll repeat in a different context. These, these truckers have gonads bigger than their trucks. Yeah, but that's what I mean. People and just they, rise they're up. Going, they're going nowhere. Yeah. I mean, Until this matter is settled to their satisfaction, which means simply take no prisoners, total capitulation, no negotiation. <coughs> You've got to drop everything and return us to the time of BC before COVID. Immediately. No hand-wringing. No planning. I mean, this is the absurd thing that's going on, at least in Canada. You know, these, these um, premiers of various provinces are planning to lift the restrictions. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, shut I mean, up. Just do it. Me, Just do it. Give me a break. Planning to lift the restrictions. They should be Gone immediately. Not just because they're unjust and, and wrong and dangerous, but because children are going to die. Pregnant women are going to be subjected to, are being subjected to experimental products that could have horrible consequences because we just don't know. So the whole thing should be shut down. No mandates, no vaccines, no testing anywhere for any reason other than when you go to hospital and they look you look like you've got COVID and they, they do a test to in that context to show that indeed you do. And of them they need to be treated with effective early treatment as per the McCullough protocol and, and vitamin D. And and elderly people in nursing homes, remember, they are still not getting a, a daily supplement of vitamin D in order to minimize the risk of getting um, Omicron and the, the potential complications of it. So not, none of that, none of that is happening even now, two years into the game. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I've been taking since August every day. I've been taking NAC, turmeric, quercetin, vitamin D, zinc, and everything else mm-hmm. McCall t- told me to take. I got Omicron, I think, last week or the week before. Still went to the gym every day. Still did like ten podcasts in five days. And it's it's it's. But back to the people rising up. To me, a perfect example of that, the unexpected leaders, is yeah. Canada. I mean, like the meme about Canadians is that they're too nice, and here they are, going full George Washington, powdered wig, crossing the Delaware, and it's yeah. just like, huh. Canada, you know, we always, it's going to be America or it's going to be Russia. You just throw Russia. Wait a minute. It's not just Canada. It started in Alberta where I live. Yeah. In the West. That's where it started. Well, that's what I mean. Is it? It's in Alberta. It's Canada. It's Canada. And it's like, yeah. Canada where? Yeah, exactly. No, but it's, it's the Canadians found their nuts. Like not, not us, not, not, not strong Russia. Like no, Canada. 
there's a, 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 a disease that's unique to, to Canadians. Maple syrup and geese. Yeah. And, and, and that disease is called the terminal niceness syndrome. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, that's the meme, right? Oh, oh you know, sorry about you. Know, don't you know? But they're the ones that are like, fucking tally-ho, like we ride at dawn. But don't poke the bear. Um, listen, before before we close, sure. uh, I'm not sure when I'm going to have to slip away for a speech at, at the rally here. Um, I do want all your listeners to be aware that... Um, the latest information on prophylaxis, prevention of, of COVID, and in fact, treatment of early symptoms. One of the best things to do, this isn't quackery, well supported in, in science. But one of the best things to do is to get a bottle of iodine from your pharmacy. It's marketed under the name of Betadine. And you make a 10 to 1 dilution of it you get a, a little dropper in a separate bottle, and you take um, ten drops of, of nine drops of water and one drop of iodine. You mix it up, then you lie down and you ask your spouse or partner to put four drops as you're lying down with your head back, four drops in each nostril. You feel it trickling down to the back of your throat, and you can even gargle with it if you wish. Solid, solid evidence of enormous benefit in terms of preventing and and reducing the symptoms of um, upper respiratory viral infections. So, you know, it's 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 interesting, isn't it, how something as simple as that that it's been used by ENT surgeons and dentists for decades uh, finally hits mainstream. What, so you mean that there's simple, cheap, effective, and proven ways to treat this? You're saying that we don't need a, an unproven mRNA vaccine? Roger, that sounds like misinformation. That's why I'm being attacked by the College of American Pathologists for okay. spreading misinformation. They're all demons. They're all demons. Who gives a shit? I looked, I looked them straight in the eyes and told them they should be ashamed of themselves. I think a lot of them do know. I think a lot I of them do know what they're I doing they is wrong. I hope they were squirming in their skin. Um, well, they picked on the wrong guy. I said, you're trying to intimidate me, aren't you? They said, oh, no, no, oh, no. I said, yes, you are. And you know damn well you are. Yeah. But And I know that they're... Uh, that you're going to have to be running any any moment now. So one thing I do want to uh, bring up is, I think it was in 1999 or 2000, the World Trade Organization protests in Seattle, they were peaceful. And the way they got them broken up was they had undercover cops go in and be, start violence and start shattering windows as justifications, agent provocateurs. Love them or hate them, Alex Jones documents it and he documented it well. Yeah. That's my concern for what's going on right now, is there's nope. going to... It, well, I mean, nope. someone's going to infiltrate. Someone, some, nope. some government agents, agent provocateurs will infiltrate, and the only way to fight that is to have phones out, recording everywhere and everything. Because there's going to be someone in all black who throws a trash can through a window and punches a kid, and that's going to justify the tanks. That's my concern. That's being extremely carefully monitored yeah. by the truckers. You've got to understand, Tommy, for everyone listening, I've, I've visited the peripheral, one of the peripheral locations where the overflow, you might say, of the trucks are located because they couldn't all fit in, this, in downtown, uh, downtown Ottawa. 
the logistics behind this is it's military scale all right jeez it's 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 amazing you know the 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 supply chain for this the diesel the medical supplies the the portable toilets even even saunas at one location right, <laughs> in this in this in, intense cold and wind it, it's 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 being run extraordinarily well um everyone is so tuned into the media and the 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 importance of starting that uh, dialogue with with government just this very morning i was at a pancake pancake flipping um breakfast with um you know the the leader of one of the political parties in canada max bernier uh from the people's party of canada a wonderful man um so there's a lot of action here at multiple levels there's stuff going on you know you you always maintain communication with your enemy through um you know offshore you know locations whatever there's communications going on but sooner or later um this prime minister we've already lost of course for everyone to understand we've already seen the departure of the head of the opposition um mr o'toole uh and the way politics actually operates as opposed to how people think it operates in terms of voting and you know congressional representatives and MPs in Canada that, that's not how our politics actually operates they're doing polling and if they're sensing that there's a movement that's looking dangerous there's going to be a, a tap on the shoulder sorry boy you're out oh yeah no there are internal factions who care less about covid and more about getting their turn at the helm they're going hey i just got to ride this trucker wave the yeah. liberal party of canada liberal party of canada thinks of itself as being the ruling party of canada for eternity um they they consider the levers of power to be critical that's why they put up someone who was not exactly intellectually um Uh, suitable for the job but he had the right name he had curly locks he was good looking and they made the calculation that he would carry the day and indeed he did but regardless of the name and the looks if you're losing control it's going to be next please that may be of course exactly the same kind of policy as the predecessor but that doesn't really matter so much as choking up a big win for democracy. Yeah. And to uh to further emphasize makes me think of in 1933 when the bonus army all the World War 1 veterans who were still uh cheated out of their bonuses all gathered in DC and they were uh they were led by their their former general uh uh Smedley Butler. It's a great book called The Plot to Seize the White House by uh uh Jules Archer I think Jules Archer or Ken Matting one of them's the narrator one of them's the author but in the opening chapter uh Smedley Butler says to the men and they're all out there they're all occupying it they're intense there's tens of thousands of them and he's there having breakfast breakfast with them giving speeches but one thing he always points to is and this is the, like the most decorated marine in US history a guy who just like you know has like paved streets with blood and guts he said do not slip into violence or you will immediately lose the support of this entire nation. Right. 
right. to me that is like the biggest take home is some people look at it like oh that's that's weak shit dude no look throughout history the oh we they these guys aren't stupid you lose the public you right now you guys have the, the heart of the world behind you if it turns right. in if it turns into violence you're going to lose it immediately. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's my biggest concern is... Now, despite despite the anger that's out there, which is palpable, um, it's very, very clear that these truckers are aware of that risk. Yeah, They're being told if there are arrests to simply sit down, be quiet, say nothing, don't get confrontational. Yeah, Simply follow the order of the policeman that's arresting you. And we expect that, of course, hasn't happened yet. Um, but if, if, it, if that is the solution that they're going to, to find, then, um, then peaceful arrest is essential because of the game of whack-a-mole. Mm-hmm. You shut down this and two more appear elsewhere. It's, that kind of game is uncontrollable. And it will continue until there's total capitulation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's again, and like, I, I have, I have, I have no concerns about the actual truckers and farmers and cowboys becoming violent. They're not, you can, you can see what it is. It's, it's a peaceful occupation. Mike, and I know I've said it 10 times. My concern is, is an agent provocateur, yeah, someone yeah, going yeah. in there to start shit and that's really the only way to combat that is just cameras everywhere it's really the yeah. only way it's to yeah. these people are good at it these intelligence agencies this is this is their bread and butter they know how to do it you're there you're not going up against an idiot like me you're going up against a tom brady or a michael jordan this is the game they play the only way to capture it or the only way to stop it is to capture it on camera that's Believe it. Me, there are Tens just, of I just want to make sure. Because I'm tens of thousands of cameras out there. And you know, I, I can't, my face is, is being recognized. And I, I can't walk on the street yeah. beyond the rally. Well, I, I know that. People send me screenshots every day. They go, Is that Roger? And I'm like, Yeah, it is. That's him. But, and people just want to shake my hand and have a photograph taken. And it's so heartening, you know? Yeah. The, the, the penetration from the alternative media. Has been that that effective that even that my face with all kinds of clothing on, that my face is is recognised. So we are achieving something, Tommy, and you're you're an important part of that. Um, so thank you so much for what you Of course, doing. of course, it's a blast. What I was going to say is, I'm friends with the guys that the U.S. government sends to go do this in other nations. Yeah. <laughs> so I know it's possible. They're the ones that tell me they're like, "Hey, I'm Tommy. This I'm telling you what's going to happen in Ottawa." So that's right. and what they say is they're too good at it. There's no way to stop it. The only way you can help it is just to record everything so that yeah. in a week or a month or a year later, you can draw back and go, who's that guy? Who? Mm-hmm. What, that's the only way to stop it. So that's not from me. That's that's from my special forces friends who are like, hey, just a right. little little tip. And oh, uh, good, good advice. Oh, uh, no. Uh, they, I remember them. You want to know how smart they are? I, I remember them telling me that like two weeks before January sixth. That I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. Well, we we do have a, a you know a significant security detail uh, made up of um, ex army, ex police, ex RCMP officers uh, who are specifically trained in um, 
in how to protect individuals. Yeah. So they they are always around us. Yeah. Um, of course, they're not they're not disseminated in the crowd, but within the crowd, there are so many cameras you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Good. Well, that's that's really all you can do. Um, with that, Roger, Doctor Hawkinson. Yes. Excuse me. Getting too. I'm getting too informal with you. Let's, That's right. Let's let's wrap this one up. I know you got a speech to give in twenty minutes, and I will yeah. upload this immediately. If you could please uh, give it to Doctor Alexander and have him tweet it, I should have it up within like thirty minutes. Yeah, he's he's brilliant. I know he is, Doctor Alexander. That badass. Shout out, Doctor Alexander. Doctor Roger Hawkinson doing the Lord's work. Thank you, sir. Stay peaceful, everybody. Don't do anything stupid. Don't give him a reason. God bless. Do the right thing. You know what you know what the right thing is in your heart. You don't need to find a, a you, you don't need a professor to tell you it. You know what the right thing is. Follow your heart. Dr. Roger Hodkinson, thank you, sir. God Recording bless. Stopped. God bless Canada. Peace.